Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the seventh episode of the Generation Jaguar podcast. I'm Jordan DeLugo. I'm here with my three co-hosts, Scott Klein, Hunter Evans, and Grant Gunderson. We're Jaguar fans and we need help. Oh. <laughs> Anybody? Oh. <laughs> and if you can throw it down and out, that'll work too. <laughs> oh man. So obviously that was the great, the great band, the Beatles, bringing us in with a little help. Hopefully we can get some help this week. It doesn't look like we're going to with the injury report, but yeah, it's, these things happen. We're limping and hobbling into, into Buffalo. Yeah, we sure are. So, we're Generation Jaguar. This is the Gen Jag podcast. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram, at Generation Jaguar. On Twitter, at Generation Jag. Again, I'm Jordan DeLugo. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Jordan DeLugo. You can find Hunter Evans at Hunter underscore Evans underscore seven, man of many underscores. Grant, you can find on Twitter at BoldCityG underscore. And finally, you can find Scott Klein on Twitter at ScottKlein1. <coughs> the gang's all here. Yeah. yeah. We're back. Yeah, we were without Grant last week. Or was it, that was, it it was was just one week? week right? yeah, it was yeah, just one okay. week. Uh, just, you know, started a new job. You kind of hold you late. You know how that goes. Voltron, yeah. assemble. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, the gang's all back together, and uh, we're happy to be here, although it could be on much better terms. We are thankful that Thanksgiving is this week, and uh, this is our seventh episode, so that's something we have to be thankful for off the bat, that we've been able to put together seven episodes, and hopefully we'll put together many more, and hopefully most of them will be a lot more cheerful going forward, but they probably won't be this year. So <laughs> we'll see about that. Unless you're going to Pete's giving. Pete's, give, Pete's giving is always fun. All right, Pete, you got a nice little shout-out from Grant there. So the rundown for today, Jags at Lions recap. That wasn't pretty, obviously. We'll get into some news and notes, a lengthy injury report for the Jaguars. We'll take you around the AFC South. We'll preview the Jaguars at the Bills, and we'll also get into things we're thankful for in the sports world. Not much to be thankful for as a Jag fan, but we'll get into that later. So... Jaguars went up to Detroit last week. They played all right. The defense actually, I think, played their best game of the season. But it just wasn't there on the other side of the ball. Detroit couldn't do a lick 
on offense until late in the game. Yeah, and I it's, mean, it's 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 almost impressive how <clears throat> good one half of the football can be while the how, other one's and playing how so bad. Inept the other one is. Yeah, I think I mean Telvin Smith. What a week he had. You know he yeah. he lost his brother, and then you know two days later he has a son, <clears throat> and you know you you go from. One op- one end of the extremes to the other end of the extremes, and then to come out and play a game like he did, you know, you force a fumble, recover a fumble, and just just to have such an impact in a week where you're not even with the team, except for like the night before the game. Yeah, that was actually a really cool story. If some people might not have heard it. Shad Khan let Telvin Smith use his private jet yeah. to go to the funeral, and then to get back to. Detroit to be back with the team on Saturday night. So and, and props to Shad. Paul. Well, yeah, that and, and Paul Pozlesny, um, You know, the team gave him the okay and said, "Hey, if you know if Talbot wants you there, we're all about it." And so I think that's one of the cool things too. You know, because they have a great relation, relationship playing next to each other. Mm-hmm. That you know, and and Talbot was so thankful that Paul was like, "Hey, you know, I'll, I'm there if you need me." Yeah. So I think I was, and then like you said, for Shad to let them use his jet to fly to Detroit, that was really cool. Yeah. Gosh, I wish my boss had a private jet. <laughs> right? <laughs> That'd be something else. But uh, again, this game came down to turnovers. Now, the Jaguars were able to force their own turnovers, yep. two of them in this game, <laughs> two fumbles, for the first time in over a month. They almost set an NFL record. Yeah, they were nearing <laughs> the NFL record for it, but... Unfortunately, of course, the offense decided to turn the ball over three times on their own. You're going to turn the ball over? No, no, no. no. Let me show you how we're going to turn the ball over. (laughs) So, uh, Ivory fumbled. He's been a little loose with the ball this year so far from what I've seen. Yeah, it's not a a good sign. And uh, Rex Ryan had high praise for Ivory going into this week. But Rex Ryan had high praise for our whole team. I'll take that with a grain of salt. Best 2-8 team ever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, the turnovers are killing us. Blake had two interceptions. Neither of them were good passes. One of them hit Marquise Lee's hands. The other one is foot. Uh, and the people that are going to be like, oh, Marquise Lee should have caught the ball. He might have caught the ball like one out of every ten times, but... The ball, it was a slant route, and the ball is behind and high. Yeah, Those are the two things that it cannot be on a I, slant route. I feel like every time I see Blake throw a slant, he gets progressively worse. I mean, like, why, it's just why, are, we, why yeah. are we throwing slants? I mean, yeah, it's part of our offense, but I think if you obviously know that it's something that's not going to work and hasn't been working, I don't see why you would continue to call it until you've addressed that issue in practice. Maybe they've been feeling like they have, and, you know, maybe they just, maybe they're just like us right now. And, in fact, I'm sure they are. They're like, we have no idea what the hell to do to get this thing going on the right track. And Marquise Lee's shown the, shown the ability to take a short little either a crossing route yeah. or a slant. Yeah, it's on time. It, he, it hits yeah. him. It'll hit him short, but he'll be able to cut cut up the field or cut underneath the linebacker and, and make a decent play of it. So it's something where it's got the potential if you get it in his hands it could be something big, or it could be a foot. I just, I just don't think. I just don't think we're executing as efficiently as we need to 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 take that kind of a chance. 
A slant's really one so of the easier things. So you just want to run the ball be. every time? No, but I think we just need to. I mean, what what it. throw do you feel like Blake Bortles has command of right now? None. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> so All right, I mean, don't throw it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but but the slant I think is just one of the more riskier throws right now for Blake. I don't know. I'd say a five yard out. They're all yeah, risky. Yeah, yeah. They, he's gotten a lot of those taken to the house. Oh, yeah. Against the Texans, they had that pick six against us on uh, the first drive of the game for the Jags. Kareem Jackson took it back to the house. But let's move on to a positive thing he brought up. Marquise Lee. Gosh, every week it seems like we're talking about him. And, you know, every week we really are talking about a lot of the same storylines after every game. Marquise Lee happens to be one of the better ones. Um, he had, I believe, five catches for 42 yards and his first touchdown of the season. And just prior to his first touchdown of the season, he made an incredible play on the sideline. It was a good play on the touchdown, too. It was. It was, it was, it was a very impressive touchdown catch, but that catch to set the Jaguars up in position to get that score was just an amazing <laughs> catch. He had to fully extend his arms, get both feet down in bounds, and then come down to the ground and not lose possession of the ball Don't at all. And he did it perfectly. <laughs> um, you're really starting to see that talent that we've talked about over the last several weeks from a former Bolitnikoff Award winner and Marquise Lee. And that has really got to raise some questions. Marquise Lee's emergence along with uh, Alan Hearns seemingly falling off the map. What do the Jaguars do? Because Alan Hearns is the only receiver they have under contract for an extended period of time. And at this point, it looks like he's the worst of the three between Alan Robinson himself and Marquise Lee. I mean, saying, saying you're the worst of those three is not really a, a slap in the face. I think. You're right. You're yeah. absolutely it's, right. It's got to be somewhat of a compliment. What, they're three-year receivers, all of them? Yeah. Um, all three of them, same class. They're 24 years old. They, you're in an elite group of receivers, young receivers, um, and I think it just might be a down year for yeah. Hearns, or maybe just not as productive as he would like, or like we would like to see. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> your point about Marquise Lee, though, those two plays, easily the top two catches, or at least controlling of the feet. That we've seen. I mean, I think his catch on the sideline was the best catch that we've seen from a Jaguar receiver this year. It was an amazing catch, but more impressive than the catch was the the body control and well, that's what I mean. That's the whole thing. It was. It's impressive. I love the contrast between the two plays. The first one, it's just an incredible acrobatic play on the sideline. The second one, he's hand fighting. He's got. Mm -hmm. That's not a type of play that you would expect. Oh, we haven't seen Lee run that a lot. And he was fighting with the guy, hand battling, went up strong, got it. Those are the plays that we saw Allen Robinson doing last exactly. year. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, you see, still see Robinson doing some of that, yeah. but the more Lee gets targeted, the better he plays, it seems like. Yeah. Who, who are you going to pay? That's both. the question. Yeah. I think you have to pay both. I yeah. think this is a passing league right now, and, the and obviously the quarterback situation isn't working out for them right mm-hmm. now, but if you have three players that could play at a Pro Bowl caliber level, on any given Sunday, oh, and yeah. m- usually most Sundays, at least two of them will be playing at that level. Imagine if you had a quarterback that could get it to him. Yeah, competent <laughs> quarterback. Imagine if we had had Brian Hoyer this year. Oh God, that's just imagine. I'm if, not kidding. Imagine I if we had AJ that's McCarron. The, that's the sad part. AJ McCarron riding the bench in Ohio right now. Like, 
Yeah, says the Alabama fan. <laughs> hey, you know what? You're only sore about it because no, you're going to lose next week. No, <laughs> we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> and I'm not sore. I'm very happy as a Gator fan. But uh, my point is, I, I do agree with you about McCarron, but if we're looking at quarterbacks, I mean, McCarron's done some good things in relief of Andy Dalton, well, but, but I'm scared to invest in a guy like A.J. McCarron because that's investing in Brock Osweiler. That's doing what the Texans did last year. you got to pay a quarterback to get him away from him. It is. That's exactly what it pretty is. Much. It might not be the as big of numbers, but it, it's going to be something where you can't just scoff at it. Yeah. It's gonna Quarterbacks get paid. Now, I, the, the difference, I would say, between a Brock Osweiler and a A.J. McCarron is Brock Osweiler in college was in a spread system, very com- complete yeah, polar opposite of what they're doing. Yeah. Agent McCarron is used to being a mailman, which is all we need in Jacksonville yeah. behind center. We need a mailman. Exactly. Get the ball from your hand to the guy you're supposed to get it to on time so the customer's happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's exactly what we need. Agent My McCarron point did wasn't that. about his skill. It was I more do about agree with you. He's a good player. Contractually, I believe. Yeah, and, it's it's just what you have to, to give up to get one of these backup quarterbacks oh, yeah. that's shown something. You're right. gonna have to pay Agent McCarron some money to yeah. get him here. The Vikings well, give up a first round draft pick for Sam Bradford. Right. So it's just that's it's gonna be tough to get a good quarterback in here without drafting one. But we can talk about that all off season. Let's get back to a negative that happened in this game, and it's kind of a storyline that's taken place over the last several weeks. Senderic Marks jumping off sides, and that gets us to Grant's WTF moment of the week. So <laughs> last week after the game, Senderic Marks made a comment. Last week being after the loss to yeah, the Texans. Yeah, after the loss to the Texans. He came out and he said, basically, what the F to the team. You know, he said, I've done so much for this team, bent over backwards, blah, 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 and you guys put me on the bench. They reduced his playing time, albeit, and so it's like, all right, said Derek, this is your time to shine up in, up in Detroit. What are you going to do about it? And he gets offsides on a fourth down when everybody is screaming, don't jump. Yeah. Don't and jump. I mean, don't jump. If there's an <clears throat> offense with the ball... Fourth and short, they're winning the game. They're leading. At home. Well, I don't think at home has anything to do with what I was going to say. But they're leading, and they're rushing up to the line of scrimmage on a fourth down. Why would they be rushing to the line of scrimmage instead of just taking their time unless they're trying to draw you off sides? Do you agree Uh, with that, Hunter? uh, Yeah, for the most part. I mean, you... Football coach of the house. (laughs) I mean, you got momentum. You're up late in the game. Um, home away, whatever. Not to mention, you got a very experienced quarterback yeah, who knows yeah. exactly what he's doing, and yeah. he's got complete control of that offense. He's gonna go up. He's gonna try and make you jump. Who knows? They might have a play called, but they're gonna try and make you jump first. Right. Um, now, and I, it's just undisciplined football. I noticed one of the wide receivers. I don't know if he was reacting to Cinderic, but he he flinched too. It was right afterwards. I'm not saying yeah. it was a missed call or anything. But to me, that was like, it kind of made me question, did they really have a play they, call? They, they might have had a play call. I mean, it's very possible where they could have had a, a kill, a freeze call, and then with a play right after, and it could have just been a, who knows, Matt Stafford's hard count might have just been that good to get his own receiver to jump. It happens, especially with yeah. that level of 
quarterback. Regardless, um, you, it's got to be in the back of your mind. But it, and you're it lining up over the football. It does. It's you're staring at it. It's a foot away from your face. It's something everybody it's, that it's coaches crazy. football deals with. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I get that, but still, he's the senior player. Yeah. He's, he's, he's one of the leaders he's on been the defensive the unit. He's yeah. been he's been in the league, and and that's a situ- You know, he he should be lining up to that, telling his guys next to yeah. him and behind him, listen, guys, don't jump. Yeah. Well, you know what's happening? He's pressing. Mm-hmm. He's not that's, getting the playing time he exactly needs, and is. he is <clears> like. In his mind, he's like, I gotta make a play. Yeah. And he's like, I gotta make a play, not only so I can get playing time, but so I can have a job. Yeah. Not, I mean, at that moment, say they do run a play. Let's just say they do. St. Eric Marks fires off the ball like he does, makes a stop on fourth down and short. We get the ball in really good field position with. Could have changed the game. You know, decent amount of time left. That's yeah. a game changing, possible, you know, game saving play. Absolutely. It's just, I think it's a, a bit of undiscipline being a little too aggressive and just bad fortune. It's a, again, another Jaguar-style play. Yeah, super Jaguars. Super Jaguars. <laughs> we got something every week. For sure. We have more than one this week. The, yeah. I will say, though, the best thing about that offsides is Gus Bradley's reaction. Oh, my gosh. That was awesome. That was like the first time I got excited watching Gus look at a player who screwed up. Like, yeah. I feel like Gus is usually, he gets sad, whatever. He actually held somebody accountable for once. <laughs> Gus looked at Sanderic, and he just couldn't even say uh, anything. The look guy. on his face. Uh, at priceless. that moment, you could tell Gus Bradley was thinking and saying everything that Jaguars fans were saying. <laughs> oh, yeah. You, of all people, called us out, and you, of all people, prove why you're on the bench. Yep. And that's, that's exactly what I think a lot of Jaguars fans wanted to see two years ago from Gus Bradley. You're right, and yeah. uh, it's sad that it's coming too little too late for the guy, but... Unfortunately. Um, so moving on to after the game, crying Jalen Ramsey is now a thing. That's my boy. I think I we're all in agreement that we love Ramsey and we love <laughs> how much I would go to war with Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so after the game, he said things like, it's embarrassing, I don't like losing, it's clear. He said, this shit is frustrating. He said, I'm sick of coming here every week and answering the same questions, getting the same uh, questions and me answering the same answers. And it's got to be tough for a guy who, like Jalen, he has never lost in his life. And he also said, once you accept losing... That's when you become a loser. I love that. And I don't know if these Jaguars players that have been on the team for several years have accepted losing. It sure seems like some of them have. Um, but Jalen ain't going to accept it. No. Yeah. And I don't think any... I mean, imagine if we had half the team that felt the way he felt that, with that kind of emotion. I, know, I, just, I mean, I they might. It's they, a, and they might, but I just don't feel like we have enough that care that much. It's a, it's a different beast in the NFL. It's a business. It's their job. It's their livelihood. It is a job. They you make a lot of money. I think they, they care, really but... Hard. I, think I think most of them care, but I don't think most people take it so personal when they lose. Yes. I don't think... And Jalen Ramsey does. I don't think as many football players love the sport of football as we think they do. No. I think that they're physically gifted, and they know they are, and they put, put in the work... And they make a lot of money. Well, most of the guys that most of the guys that do have the passion for the game, like like Ramsey, you can tell. Yeah, because they end up being all pros. Exactly, and they, they play for a long different. time. It's, yeah. uh, I mean, it's a, it, you're probably right, Scott. I mean, 
I, I have kids that I've talked to at the high school level that don't even love the game. They're playing because they want a free education. Mm-hmm. And there's guys at college that I've talked to that say they don't really it, love the game. They're playing um, for the chance to make money. Mm-hmm. Same thing in the NFL. Jalen Ramsey is a guy that takes the game personal. It's a chance for him to do what he loves to do, and there's very few people that react in that way. And it's it's always nice to see, I think. And not saying oh, yeah. that, especially saying for that, a game that I love. So and not saying that you have to be a hundred percent invested in football and you have to love it to be good at it and be successful. But it's it just it's it, I feel like it that'll spread throughout a team. Absolutely. This guy is putting he has everything he has. It's infectious. It really the is. The way he acts reminds me of Richard Sherman and it reminds me of Earl Thomas. Those guys, like, just like Jalen, if they lose... It's a yeah. whole different animal. That's a group it's, that loves football. It is insane. Okay. And you yeah. know they love football, and they're hell talented at it. Another thing Ramsey just came out and said today, I believe, I don't come here to just get my check and leave. And that talks to what yeah. we were just talking about. He's not there for the money. He's there for the love of the game. Okay. He, and his comment... <laughs> He's there for he's the getting, money. Everyone's there for the money, but he would be doing it even if he wasn't yeah. making a shit ton of money. That's mm-hmm. the point. And making that type of comment sort of reflects on the fact that maybe Ramsey thinks other people do do that. Especially yeah. in the locker room. Right. And uh, that just goes back to what we were can saying you, about maybe some of these players quitting. Just, just a little blast from the past. Can you imagine the Jag secondary... With Jalen Ramsey and then a young Rasheen Mathis and a young Don Darius. Yeah, that would have been fun. <laughs> and Tony Bracken. That, that, that would John be fun to watch. Well, Brackens was gone Kevin before Hardy. all those. No, I'm just saying, I'm, but, I'm making a fantasy line. Yeah, yeah. Let's, just, let's just imagine get all the Jaguars best of them. All, all Jaguars team? Yeah. The thing about that, though, is. I don't know how much better that team would be playing than our team on defense is right now. And the difference between that team and this team is their attitude. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Teams, I don't know about Welcome how they to do ball. Prepare exactly. to get hit. <laughs> prepare to get hit. And you know, well, those are some of the meanest guys in the league. On I think team. against Detroit, though, you finally started to see 11 guys playing mean. Yeah, and they, they did look impressive um, at times. And I really, right now, I think the least impressive group on that defense has been the D-line. They just don't play with the fire that Telvin Smith and Puzlesny have played with. That Miles Jack chased a dude down. (laughs) Yeah. And (laughs) Lamar Miller. Holy, that was... How do you do that? Like that's impressive I for think a I, dude. I mean, I see, I saw, I see a little bit more out of Malik Jackson, but them as a unit. Yeah. Malik's been fired and up lately. Malik and Ngakwe have played yeah. oh, their hair yeah, on fire. And, I mean, right. and, um, it's, Ngakwe deserves a Pro Bowl. Well, really. we'll and he keeps see. it up. Yeah, he's got five sacks right now. Which we got two rookie of the year. He's on par with the other elite um, pass rushers that have come into the league on their rookie year. But uh, Pro Bowl, I don't know yet. You've got a lot of other it's, guys that are putting up a it's lot of It's tough for a rookie. Yeah. Anyways, doesn't matter what well, you your stats. So uh, his force, right. And him being in Jacksonville won't help. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he's got the two or three forced fumbles, too, mm-hmm. is a big deal, in my opinion. I really like seeing that. But, yeah, I don't think he'll quite get to the Pro Bowl this year. If but, he was a, maybe a three- or four-year veteran. Yeah. The thing about... Um, um, Fowler, though, who's also on the field on the D-line all the time. Not all the time, but a lot. 
I think he's just got so much skill and he has no idea what to do with it. Yeah. He looks I've, at times as lost. Well, yeah. And in this game, you saw him being able to do some, some crazy plays. things. He was, yeah. He um, had some impress- impressive moves that just didn't get hit home. Right. I mean, being able to watch the film, which was the most amazing two days I've had in a long time. <laughs> yeah. And my you guys wife. obviously don't know this, our <laughs> listeners, but... Hunter spent the last several days just watching every Jaguar game so far. That it was, I felt like a little kid on Christmas. My <laughs> wife is probably very mad at me for the time I spent. Um, but you really get to see like almost a behind-the-scenes look with that, that coach's film. And Dante Fowler is just playing, it's weird to say, too hard. He is playing way too hard mm-hmm. for what we need him to do. He's missed out on a year, his rookie year, and now he's putting everything into every play to the point where he's overrunning tackles. I think he's, that's something he's always done. Yeah, I, being I a Gator fan, I, I watched all of his runs up games. field. It's just in college, it didn't cost him as much because the, the guys players weren't as good that yeah. he was playing against usually, but. It was a thing you could tell. He's just giving too much yeah. on every play. If you can bottle that and I, put it into what we want, <sighs> him and Gakwe and Malik Jackson on that front four, and then just throw out. I've noticed a lot. Throw anybody. It was more earlier in the season. I noticed this. He he would he would dance mm-hmm. with a tackle, but and then decide, oh, I'm going to do this. No, no, no. Maybe I should do yeah, that. That's not going to win. When he should be kind of setting up what he does, yeah. and then learn a counter. To that, yeah, he's get really good at what your best skill set is, and then figure out how to hit, how to make it make it look like you're doing one thing, and then do another. Yeah, and then Jared, do speed to power. Jared Allen said this, and I know several other Hall of Fame pass rushers have uh, communicated this as well. But they'll do exactly what you were saying. They'll do it sometimes for the whole first half. Yeah. They'll literally just be setting up what they're going to yeah. do in the mm-hmm. second half against a tackle. For that one move. Yep. And, and for sometimes just for one play when they I'm know they have to get Third and long, yeah. we yeah. got to get a stop. So, I mean, that's the type of thing those guys need to develop. But I see nothing wrong with Fowler. I was a little worried in the middle of the season, but I think he's, he's getting it going. And I think come next year, you're not going to want to see Fowler and Gakwe and Malik Jackson on the field no. at the same time. I mean, you have if to remember this is technically his rookie year. This is his first year to get a feel for things. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I mean, I think, and in, in, I don't think he's ever really needed to rely on quote-unquote pass rush moves. Right. It's just, I'm going to go be a better athlete than that guy. Yep, I mean it's got to be promising. And seeing it's got to be refined. Fifty-six, forty-four, and you know, was it twenty? Yeah. Flashing across the screen yeah. like a blur, making they're everywhere. Yeah. Every time there's a play being made, those three guys, which are pretty much all rookies, and even Ngakwe, they're always around the ball. Yeah, and when Sheldon get Day gets on the field, he's oh, making yeah. plays yeah. too. Like, oh yeah, it's, it's I mean, an impressive to that, class. To that, to that, I mean even. Even that, talking about young guys or guys that aren't in there much, Avery Jones coming out of nowhere. Yeah, Avery Jones is now star- the starter because of Miller's right. absence. But a lot of people might perceive him coming out of nowhere when he had to get playing time last year. He's always been able he's to He's good. Like, like, he's a good dude. I don't think anybody expected him to be as good as he is yeah. this year because he's pretty much playing at a Pro Bowl level right now mm-hmm. at the um, – the big tackle spot, but uh, he blew can, up. Can we not? I mean, we can't finish this episode or go any further without bringing up the fact they had 14 yards rushing the ball. 
Yes. Can, I mean, it's yeah. like just it's the twelfth time since nineteen seventy a team has rushed for less than I believe fifteen yards and won a game. I mean, now Detroit isn't a good running team, but it doesn't still, matter who you're 14 playing. Fourteen yards. That that's, is incredible. That's a first down and a half. Yeah. For four Not quarters even. of football. Not even. Well, yeah, you know, right. I there. mean, but yeah. fourteen yards, and it wasn't like they're. You know, passing offense was much better. No. If it wasn't for a freak third and sixteen play that got yeah. sixty-two, tell yeah. me just got lost. Yeah, but I mean, take though take that play away. Matt Stafford has a less than mediocre day, mm-hmm. and yeah, the run game was non-existent. Away, and in my opinion, that's nearly a perfect defensive game. Yep. Yeah. I mean, even with that play, well, but it's, it's just a long drive. At the yeah, end it's but the long, the, the long time-consuming right. drive, and that's what Puz Lesney alluded to as well. He was like, "Great defenses don't give up that drive." No. And maybe they give. Maybe a great defense would give up a drive a game, but it's not going to be the game-defining drive. Yeah. And, I, the and game. to me, great defense, great defenses will have that drive at times, but most of the time, when you have a great defense. You're not. You're having a competent offense to where you can make a team more one dimensional, yeah. oh. and you can see what's coming, well, and you can kind of force their hand a little bit. So what, Detroit scored 26 points, mm-hmm. a pick six that takes away seven. You're at 19. Punt it's a, t- return it's a tie game. Punt return touchdown. That's another they didn't six score or seven. Offensive. Their only touchdown. offensive touchdown was an Eric Ebron r- rushing touchdown. Yep. Which, I mean, that's a great play call. Yeah, I, that's I, a great I, play call. I, I chalked that up. I'm <laughs> using that next year. <laughs> <laughs> if, uh, that's uh, awesome. Hopefully my tight end's excited about that. <laughs> We're using that. That was a great play call. Um, but the defense allowed 12 points, really nine, if you consider the fact that last field goal was late, late in the game. And like we've been saying, all – I'm trying not to use harsher language, but all – Dang season! If we had did something that didn't shoot ourselves in the foot, yeah, we could have. We win game. this game. Here's looking at you, Blake. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, at this point, to me, not all the blame is on Blake because there's other frustrating mistakes that are happening during the games. But gosh, if you had a decent quarterback, if we just had Brian Hoyer, and I know people are going to be like, "Oh my God, this guy's crazy." Look at what Brian Hoyer's done this year. Look at what Brian Hoyer's done head-to-head against Blake over the last two years. Hoyer has been a better quarterback than him, and he's a guy that can play efficiently. Yeah, that's what you If he mean. has good receivers, he can get it to them. I'm not saying we're on the same level defensively as Denver, although I, I think we're kind of heading that way. And we're not, it's, it's, not, yeah, it's not as crazy as it was, say, last year. They have Trevor Simeon as quarterback. He's not a world beater. No. He's... But he's not managing the game. In the game. He's, he's not That's what him. you need, though. That's and all they're you need. winning games. A game manager is all you need. And with the guys we have around the quarterback, with those three young receivers, with you know a, a Julius Thomas and the two running backs we have, we all you need is a guy to get them the ball. Like they're gonna make moves. That offensive line is not playing bad. Uh, it's just, I think, God, I, we need a we need a. I man. think it's difficult to win. Uh, Super Bowl with the game manager, you got to be like a Trent Dilfer on the Ravens. But I mean, one of the best teams of all time. But look at if you really want to break it down, look at the past Super Bowl winners. Like 
uh, Peyton Manning last year. Super, or, he's a game manager for he the was most totally part. Totally a game manager yeah. last his, year. Last year, totally. And even a lot of his career, though, a lot of what he does is manage the situation and just get the ball to his guy. Right. He's but not he was making an incredible plays. You, you don't need an incredible play kind of quarterback. Even yeah. like Tom Brady, probably the best quarterback of all time, doesn't make amazing miraculous plays. He the difference well, he does. He does, but he gets most the, of his plays are plays that are just mediocre nice, just throws yes. to short receivers. I yeah. think what sets get the ball apart, out of your hands, get it to the guys that need to have the ball. Yeah. I think what sets them apart is that they don't F up. Yeah, well, they don't turn the ball over. But that also goes into the fact of being a manager. Like when was the last time a Super Bowl winning quarterback ran for a hundred yards? Or when was the last time a Super Bowl winning quarterback did something impressive to the point it was like, holy, that dude is amazing yeah. as an athlete or as a as a football player. You look back, even Russell Wilson when he won the Super Bowl was just Russell Wilson wasn't Russell Wilson yet when he won the no, Super Bowl. No, but right. they were He's just a lot better now. But Big they were just playing Super Bowl. football. Yeah, they the won despite, despite him. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah, your point's well taken. Uh, you got to play solid defense. You got to be able to run the ball to win the Super Bowl. That's, my, that's about it. Yeah, and, and my thing is going forward, I mean, not not to say that it should happen more often, but I think Hackett has has some creativity at his disposal with having a former quarterback like Denard Robinson. Put him in there for a few plays with, with you know, backs on both sides. See what you can yeah, do. Yeah, I don't care about that. It's it's tough. It's but <laughs> I mean, I mean say. I, it is something that I would like to see from an offense that's playing well. But like for our offense, nobody's gonna. That's not gonna work. Is it when you're not doing a lot <laughs> well? Know? It's it's kind of not very yeah. easy to get. I would maybe. I mean, if if Denard's even on the team last year, I, I mean next year, I'd love to see some creative type stuff, but. At this point in the season, I don't think it's worth it, and I think it's just right now moving forward about finding out is there any way Blake Bortles can turn this around and be the quarterback of this franchise. Yes. I don't think you're going to see that this season, though. I think we need to see it, but I don't know if it's gonna, you're going to see it till until he has a, an off season. Yeah, well, I kind of agree with that. I don't think that it's, it's just, going to be seen ever again. Well, I mean, yeah. that's I mean, just I, me. I, I think, and we'll get into that a lot more yeah, yeah. after the next six oh, games yeah. happen. But um, we've got a lot to go over on yeah. the Jaguars injury report here. Ooh, it's not pretty. So mostly everyone should know Mercedes is out for the season. Uh, he may have played his last down as a Jaguar. I hope not. Yeah, I hope not. Yeah, me too. He's still such a good blocking tight end, and he I has did, moments as a receiver as well. There's, there's, there's enough reason. There's, there's enough that he does as a blocker to warrant him coming back. Mm-hmm. Oh. Especially with the way that they utilize tight ends. And oh offense. yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree. But to me, it's who cool. knows what this offense is going to be next year? Because it's not going well, to be Gus Bradley's team. And who knows? Who knows if? Yeah, I mean, I, I hope. So I hope he sticks around, but who knows if Caldwell comes back, too. It's crazy right. to me how Mercedes Lewis is more vital to the offensive scheme we have in place than Julius Thomas. Well, I think that's terrible, terrible coaching. That's crazy to me. It is. I know that Julius hasn't been what we've hoped for, but Not that guy's close. still got skills that you can utilize. Mm-hmm. If you get the right coach offense. in there. If you get the right coach in there. Yeah, or the right. Like, all right, imagine what if? Imagine if we have right. Josh McDaniels. What well, we yeah. can do with a, a Julius Thomas? You still got to have the quarterback to hit him downfield. But uh, 
Koyak is going to be filling in a lot for Mercedes moving forward. He's already been getting a fair amount of reps, so that's yeah. like a nice, easy transition for Koyak into more reps. Maybe, maybe he's been playing well. Yeah, he's, yeah, he has been playing well. Uh, Patrick Omame is also now out for the season. He is the second Jaguars uh, left guard to go down for the season. We're Luke cursed. Jokel. Luke Jokel went down earlier. So now Chris Reed is going to step up and fill in for him. And Chris Reed's a guy who's done some good things already um, in training camp and even in game time situations. So He scared me a little bit when he first came in. Yeah. He was kind of getting, not whipped, but they, they were, he was getting handled pretty well. He kind of settled in yeah. a little bit. They were able to kind of get some consistency, but... Yeah, I mean he's. I think he's I'm not worried Shatley. about him. Yeah, I miss Shatley too. I miss Tyler Shatley, but whatever. That's a different conversation. Yeah. yeah. So before we get into all the players that didn't participate in practice today, we're going to again remind you this is the Generation Jaguar podcast. Excuse me. I'm Jordan Delugo. You can find me at Jordan Delugo on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Grant Gunderson, you can find at Bold City G underscore Hunter Evans at Hunter underscore Evans underscore seven on Twitter and Scott is at Scott Klein one generation Jaguars on the web at genjag.com and you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at generation Jaguar and on Twitter at generation Jag so we're really happy to have you guys in, in with us today and before we get to the rest of the injury report I'm gonna have uh, Grant talk a little bit about our watch party coming up this weekend, and what we've got going on for the December 4th home game against the Broncos. Yep, so we've got this Sunday, of course, you know, with it being an away game, we will be out at the Bricks at the beach, in Jack's Beach, the Bricks Tap House. They do a wonderful cookout, you know, great drink specials, $4. Free cookout. Free cookout. Not just a great cookout, a free cookout. That's always important. That might be what qualifies it as great. (laughs) But also, I also say it's great because $4, you call the drink. That's a pretty amazing drink special. the food's always really good over there. Yeah, those guys, shout out to the Bricks. They do a great job um, cooking for us and for everybody else that's out there. And then next Sunday, uh, when we take on the Broncos... For our home tailgate, uh, we have a big shout-out to one of our Generation Jaguar members, Lexi Dupree, for winning a national contest uh, through partnering with the North Florida Chive, who will be out at our tailgate, and we'll be doing a little charity drive. You know, bring a toy, and you can eat and drink for free. It's going to be free car vodka, free Bold City Brewery, and Green Room Brewing beers, as well as free mo's. Everybody Mose, and probably some Metro Diner chicken biscuits as well. Something from Metro. Oh, thank we'll you. We'll hook it up. Oh, uh, got Hunter's got to have that chicken biscuit. We just biscuit. sold Hunter. Yeah, He's I, coming. I'm there. I agree. I had Beer? My, chicken, Mose? I'm six of them. Just stuff in my face. So, uh, yeah, so Mose will be out there because, you know, again, thanks to Lexi for winning the contest that is going to allow us a wonderful opportunity to do some things for charity and just get a bunch of people together, show them what we're all about partner with the Chive to have a wonderful evening and hopefully what can lead into a Jaggies win. Yeah, hopefully. So yeah, we're really excited to be able to give back to the community, help out some kids that need toys. So, you know, even if you're not going to come and drink all day, just come bring a toy by so we can help out the kids. Um, So now we need to get into the players that are not on the injured reserve for the Jaguars, but who did not practice today. 
Avery Jones was out with an ankle. Jared Object was out with a shoulder. Dan Scooter was out with back injury. Chris Smith was out with an eye. Julius Thomas was out with a back injury. And TJ Yeldon was out with an ankle. Kelvin Beecham was limited with his knee, but he's usually limited in practice, so yeah, that's it, not a big deal. He's been a regular. Aurelius Ben and Aaron Colvin were both limited with concussion protocol. They have been cleared. Right, but uh, still limited, so you don't know for yeah, sure. How, they'll, yeah. they'll probably be good to go, but it's not a surefire thing. And then... Um, Full participants were Dante Fowler, Brian Walters, Blake Bortles, Luke Buenco. All of them have minor ailments, but they should be good to go. But So let's get to the players that did not participate. Avery Jones, the Jaguars can ill afford to lose at this point. Yeah, yeah, um, it, it's getting thin at the big... I mean, he's Roy Miller's backup, yeah. but he doesn't play like a backup. So whoever is going to come in at that spot for him, if Avery Jones isn't able to go... Let's hope it's, it's going to be a major. Let's hope it's Sheldon Day, yeah, right? Even if it is Sheldon Day, it's going to be a major change in the way the team has to play around him because Avery Jones is a run stuffer. Sheldon Day is not a run who, stuffer. Whoever plays that position is going to be out of position. Yeah, it's going to be a big. They're it's going to be a big drop off. They're going to do their best, play. but yeah, let's hope he's healthy. Jared Odrick with the shoulder, nah. Yeah. He seems like one of those guys that is. From the 2015 the free agency class that may not be around next yeah, year. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't I don't see him coming back. I'm over the big end in general. Yeah, Get I hate that here. position. Get him yeah, out of here. even even big Log big. said that this week. Jeff Logman, he's like, I've never been a big fan of that position. I don't really get. I mean, it didn't we, it didn't work with Red Bryant. It didn't work. You know, Tyson was the only guy it was somewhat successful with. But even then, you've seen him do better in other areas. You know, Audric, it hasn't. Proven to be, he has. In my opinion, he hasn't lived up to his contract. Oh, absolutely no. not. There's no question. But but he, he's playing a position that in this day and age, I mean, even the even the in Seattle where everyone's emulating it, they've moved on from that position. Yeah. So uh, Julius Thomas and uh, Scooter are both also from the 2015 <laughs> free agency class. Neither of them has really lived up to expectations either. We'll see if either of them is able to go. If one or both of them is out, I don't think it really hurts this team too much. Might help uh, us, actually. Thomas hasn't been featured too much on the offense, and Scooter, his backup is Miles Jacks, who we all all love to see get on the field. Yes. So, um Yeldon, obviously you want to see him be able to go. You'd like to be able to see Chris Smith able to go as well as a pass rusher. Not that he provides a ton, but if one of the other guys gets winded or goes down, you need Chris Smith in there. You just need bodies on the, yeah. the D-line. And he's a guy with experience. Yeah. I, I, I'm kind of a fan of Chris Smith, even though he's not He's I not still, our best pass rusher, I but I'm a seeing, fan. I hate seeing Tyrone Holmes. Yeah, playing well. I, I really thought. And you associate that with Chris Smith, and you're just like, yeah. damn you, Chris every Smith. Every time, <laughs> every time I see that name, I'm like, what could have been? Yeah. Not that he's a pro bowler and looking great, but he's a guy who's been playing well up in Cleveland, showing some stuff that he can actually affect games. Yeah. For the Bills, they have some important players that have uh, had some interesting things going on with injuries too. Lashawn McCoy. Had a thumb injury, had to have surgery on it, but he's supposed to be good to go. Uh, the thumb was on his non-carrying hand, 
So obviously that helps him out. He'll but, have some sort of wrap or something on that, most likely. But he should be good to go, and he's a scary player. And then you've got Sammy Watkins, who hasn't played since week two. <laughs> he's now been cleared to practice. It's unclear whether he'll have a huge impact on this game. Thank God. I was, thinking, I was thinking Jalen Ramsey's going to be bored this game. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We will see. Robert Woods is probably out for them as yeah. well. So. I, th- I still don't see Sammy having a huge role, but no. we'll see. He could, you know. He's, he's, one he's of those a guy guys. that has the capability. I think, I think right now when I think of the Bills' offense, what scares me is Ty- Tyrod Taylor and his rushing abilities. Absolutely, yeah. and we'll get into that a little bit more in a minute. But first we need to take you around the AFC South. The Texans just lost to the Raiders in Mexico. Again, they're 6-4. and four. They lead the division. Good defense, bad offense, bad quarterback. Pretty talented players on the offense, but real real quick on that, did you see that? Their picture somewhere was shining a laser pointer in his eye throughout the game. Yeah, good. Let's see more of that. Hopefully, that guy follows the Texans around all year, or girl, whoever it may be, or gender unaffiliated. You know, I don't want to piss anybody off. PC, PC. So. Uh, the Colts and the Titans played last week. The Colts beat the Titans. They were up 21-zip, but the Titans ended up coming back. Really close contest. Uh, the Colts, again, do not have a very talented defense. They're kind of the opposite of the uh, Texans. Defense, no good. Offense could beat any team on yeah. any Sunday with T.Y. Hilton and Andrew Luck and the rest of those guys. Yeah. Frank Gore still playing really good football. Yeah, and the, the Titans, they surprisingly... Are competing, yeah, in the division. Yeah, right. yep. So the Colts now sit at five and five, one game behind the Texans, and the Titans are now five and six. So it'll be an interesting uh, finish to the season for those three teams. Not so much for the Jaguars. We might actually have an exciting race for, for the South. <laughs> so yeah, uh, the Jaguars are obviously two and eight. They're way behind the pack, and it's insanely unlikely that they even sniff getting close to any of these teams by the end of the season. Yeah. So we need to move on quickly to our Jaguars Lions preview. I mean Jaguars Bills preview. We've talked a little bit about it already, but we need to get into the Bills defense. They have got some studs playing right now. Yep. Lorenzo Alexander has ten sacks on the year, which is tied for the league lead. And came out coming nowhere. into two thousand sixteen. Yeah. <laughs> Coming into 2016, Lorenzo Alexander had nine sacks in his career, his 10-year career. This year, he has 10 in 10 games. That's... <laughs> blows my mind. That's got to be one of the stories of the year. In lightning the in a bottle or a needle. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like yeah. The guy, it wasn't like he came into the NFL as like a 20-year-old. He's 33 years old, and he's having his best season of his career. That's impressive. He's just following the right place and, you know... Uh, somebody can figure out a, a, a little niche that you fit and yeah. fit well. Um, good, good job for you. Yeah, I mean, Jerry I know you don't Hughes, do anything this this week, but yeah, we'll see. The revolving door at right tackle that is Jeremy Parnell doesn't leave much to be excited about. But Alexander versus Beecham, I'll take my chances. I like Beecham yeah. against pretty much anyone right now. Jerry Hughes also has five sacks. They have combined for fifteen on the year. They've got some talented guys getting after the pass rusher, and that cannot make Blake Bortles very easy looking at this one. But uh, even more uneasy, Blake Bortles, 
should this should make Blake Bortles even more uneasy is the fact that Stephon Gilmore has four picks. He got two last week, and the team, the Bills as a whole, have eight interceptions, six fumble recoveries, and thirty-one sacks. Thirty-one sacks leads the NFL. Uh-uh. This is a tough defense, and Rex Ryan's blowing smoke up our ass trying to say, oh, oh their defense is ranked 7th. Yeah, well, our, the Jaguars' defense is ranked 7th in yards per game allowed, but we're still giving up over 26 points a game, whereas the Bills are much lower. We're not getting after the quarterback as much as them, and we're not forcing turnovers. So their defense, in my opinion, is playing better than ours right now. Oh, absolutely, and I think... I think the other aspect of this game that you're going to have to watch is on third down, Buffalo is only converting 39% of the time. But on fourth, where does that rank? Do you know? I don't know where it ranks. It's not. It's not good. But and uh, and then on fourth down, they're they're converting 60% of the time. Wow. So I mean, you have to you have to almost second guess yourself and what you're going to do if you're if you're Todd Wash, and and, and he's Gus, a riverboat gambler. Yeah, because you got to be. Playing to stop them on fourth exactly. down. Get well. Derek in there. He knows what to do. Yeah, so obviously please, that's please don't. that's don't getting into the Bills' offense. and They're averaging over 150 yards a game on the ground. They're first in the NFL in rushing. <clears throat> that's scary, and it's really scary when you combine their talented LaShawn McCoy and Mike Gillisley, go and, Gators. And Tyrod Taylor. Right, with the quarterback play, Tyrod Taylor has four rushing touchdowns of his own this I mean, year. That, I mean, really, and that brings, like, on, on a fourth and one or a fourth and two, I mean, that brings a QB draw into play. That brings just so many different plays that you have to be well, ready for. On every single play, you have no idea. Is he going to take off? It's, yeah, he can, he can make a tough. play from anywhere on the field. And as a passer, Taylor has been efficient. He yeah. has not been anything special. He has ten touchdowns. Only four interceptions, so he's taking care of the ball. He only has four games where he's thrown for more than 200 yards. Right. This is a team that does not, frankly, give a damn about passing the no, ball. No, not at all. They're going to try to run it down your throat, and they're probably going to succeed. And, and to their point, I mean, they haven't had a, guy, a Sammy Watkins with them for most of the season. Right. So they've, they've kind of had to rely on their ground game. Marquise right. Goodwood is a guy who you can't forget about. He's a game breaker, he's, but he's not consistent. No, but he's got the speed where he can yeah. blow the, your doors off. Yeah, he might be the fastest receiver in football. Yeah, I mean he's top so five. Easily. It's it, it's not some he it's reminds, not a guy that you really game plan around, but it's something where we got to make sure. Yeah, he. I mean he it, doesn't get behind us. He reminds me of like a Percy Harvin. Good one. Yeah, <laughs> I mean you don't. He wishes. You don't. He's, he's, Percy Harvin well, was like the best in his day. He's not. Yeah, well, Percy but, Harvin to me was more of a utility. Yeah, he, 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 had cons- he had consistency issues. I feel like. Well, yeah, but when Percy was playing consistent football, which wasn't for a lot of years, right, I know exactly. Percy was perhaps the most dangerous gadget in yeah. football. Goodwin is not anywhere close to that. I think Goodwin's more of like a poor man's Mike Wallace. Yeah, I would a guy agree with who that could too. really. Get downfield, make some plays, but he hasn't had a quarterback that's really been skilled at doing that. Yeah, but I mean, it's he's shown flashes. They had an eighty-yard touchdown earlier this season, um, so it's it's just he's he's not a guy. I don't, I didn't mean to get on talking <laughs> a couple no, of minutes mean, about no. Marquis Goodwin, but he is a guy that to me is somebody with that kind of speed, world-class speed, one of the fastest guys in the NFL. It's somebody to keep an eye on. Yeah, so we. 
like we said before, we might be seeing some Sammy Watkins in this game. I think we'll see him at least a little bit. But if he's able to go and play a fair amount of snaps in this one, obviously Jalen's matched up with him, right? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And Hunter, what do you see in that matchup? Uh, I see Jalen Ramsey winning, just like he has <laughs> yeah. against everybody he's gone yeah. against. Um, so he's gone against Alshon Jeffrey. Alshon Jeffrey. He's gone against DeAndre Steve Hopkins. Smith. DeAndre Hopkins, Steve, Steve Smith. Smith. Golden Tate. Golden Tate, Tate. Yep. yeah. He's gone against some real studs in the NFL so far this year. And Sammy Watkins, I do think, possesses something none of those guys have, which is elite speed. Yeah. Sammy Watkins is like... If you took all those guys and put them into one, yeah, he's yeah. got size. Alshon Jeffrey had size. He's got speed. You know, some of the guys, DeAndre Hopkins, he's got great had speed. He's got amazing dreads. <laughs> but <laughs> I think one of the going into the season, a thing that people might have been concerned about, and one of the knocks on Jalen Ramsey was he wasn't able to keep up sometimes with those really shifty receivers. And even looking back at college. At Florida State, he had an issue with that, especially in space, matched up one-on-one. And he was also not quite as physical to keep up with those big guys like Alshon Jeffrey. He's proven that wrong, obviously. Yep. So now you put them all into one, what do you got, Jalen Ramsey? You're tired of losing. What do you have? And I think yeah. he's going to come out after that game on Sunday Yeah. as the victor of that matchup for sure. Yeah, I think Sammy – I mean – I think Jalen looks at Sammy especially and all these guys he's faced as like that is my alpha competitor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is who I, I have to shut down. Who's who's the big dog on campus? All right, let me yeah. after I want, I want my shot. After what he did with Steve Smith oh, and yeah. even taking shots <laughs> yeah. verbally uh, what, in the media, one of the greatest Steve of all Smith time. came back at him again this week for some reason. Man, he's a of course he did. But Steve Smith's crazy. Nobody asked, Steve. <laughs> Go back to the retirement. <laughs> Obviously, Jalen Ramsey All just doesn't care. Yeah. He just wants to play yeah, football, he, and yeah. he wants that competition. But I think Sammy Watkins on that is almost going to – it's going to be a voided matchup, and now it's what can our defense do against their run game. Yeah. With the two running backs they got, a decent quarterback, and an offense coordinator who has – come up through the ranks with Rex Ryan all the way back to the Jets. And he, w- he wasn't even the guy at the beginning of the year. No, it was, it was uh, Greg Roman earlier. Yeah. 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 Um, but now you got a guy who was with Rex Ryan in New York with the Jets, and they're going to play smash mouth football. They're going to line up and say, we're running the ball right here. Stop it. And they went on a little bit of a run. After they let him go, they did. so it's something where it was an zero and two start. Yeah, and now they, they're, they're five, five and five. And th- yeah. yeah, they stole they stole a guy um, from I think San Francisco where he was at. They thought he would be a good a good hire. Greg Roman, yeah, Greg yeah. Roman, yeah. yeah. He was hired like a couple, a, like a couple two, days two, after, three games yeah. into the season. They fired him, and then they go on a win streak. Mm-hmm. He was able to to do something that. Uh, Here's looking, you know, hopefully Nathaniel Hackett can do something similar. But Now, this is the question of the game and the question of every game the Jaguars play this season. Is there any reason to believe that Blake Bortles will not beat himself this week? Is there any reason to believe he won't? Yes. No. Yeah. I don't see see one, one reason or one piece of evidence that would point to Blake Bortles somehow not throwing a pick this week or fumbling the ball or... Missing open receivers. I mean, there's a po- I mean, there's a possibility, is it, but is it not? So you say there's a chance. Is it, it not frustrating though, to watch Blake Bortles play and see that glimmer that everybody yeah. sees? Like 
that the, the two throws he made to Marquise Lee, great throws. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But then he turns around and makes terrible decisions and terrible throws. So, I mean, there's a chance, but yeah, we'll see. I think, I think this week for our offense is going to be huge. If our offensive line can stand up to that defense oh, yeah. and we can get any kind of momentum going, there's got to be a glimmer of hope. Yep. And I think you'll really be able to tell who out of those 11 guys on the offense is a guy that we can't count on. This week, I think too. I mean, you also bring back the fact that Marone and Hackett are from Buffalo, so I think that you know the guys on offense they'll be playing. Yeah, they'll be playing. They'll be playing for Marone and Hackett. Absolutely, that's something I hadn't thought about until just now, and that's always a factor. People will say, "Oh no, it's just another game." No, it's not just, it's another, not just game. another game. It's no, a, yeah, well, it's, it's a place where he was a head coach. He yeah. kind of left under. He left before his contract was up. Right. Um, Changing ownership. Inter- interesting so. circumstances. Oh, yeah. So it's something where he probably, you know, he's not going to call him out like Rex Ryan did, did it a, a little bit. But it, it's something where he kind of wants it a little bit more. It's always in the back of the mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, the people have come out and said that they played a little harder for Jack Del Rio when they were here. And they played a little bit harder for Mike Malarkey because they know the history. And it's in the back of your mind. I mean, Marone is... And Hackett are both Syracuse guys and are also Buffalo Bill guys. So it's almost like a homecoming for them. You know they want to show out up there. So it'll be, there's a lot of storylines to this game for sure. No doubt. There always is. And um, our show's just about wrapped up for today, but we're going to get into, since it is Thanksgiving after all, what in the world of sports are we thankful for? Let's go around and. Each one of us say one thing we're thankful for. We'll start with Scott. <laughs> because I know this is the hardest one. Oh, God. <laughs> now, my, my past couple months of football have been just fire and brims, brimstone. I got Gus Bradley as a head coach. I got Charlie Strong, who doesn't know if he's fired. He doesn't know if he's coming back. Um, it's, just, it's just a nightmare to be me. Don't 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 be me. Just so where was the thanks in there? No, I'm getting to that. I'm just <laughs> I'm setting it up. I'm, it's, I'm being dramatic. Um, and then uh, with all of the heartache and all the troubles and all the broken stuff in my house, I'm thankful that there's always a next year. There's <laughs> always something at the, that feeling before the first game where you're like, this is it. This is the year. We got it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's playoffs. No, but it, I mean, <laughs> no matter what happens, if we screw, if we blow it all up, if we start fresh, there's always a next year. And that's what I love about football. Even in, in the off season, there's stuff to look forward to. Yeah. Um, I just, I just love how it's, it's just every season is different. And it's always something to look forward to. Grant? Uh, I think it's a no-brainer for me. I mean, I have I have I have a, a system of checks and, and balances, if you will, with you know my Jags not doing so great, but I always have success on Saturdays, and I think my okay, my person. Hey, you know what? You had your chance. <laughs> Shut it. Continue. My uh, my thing to be thankful for is Nick Saban. I mean, I don't think that there is anybody in the world of of college football that can have such an effect in so many different aspects like he does. It's not just on game days. It's not just at practice. It's in how he prepares the guys in the offseason. It's in the people that he puts in place like Coach Cochran, who's their weightlifting coach. 
You know, I don't want to think about the day when Nick Saban isn't the head coach of Alabama. Yeah, I don't think any Alabama fans do. But good for you. You have the best coach in college football ever. Let's move on to Hunter over here. I mean, I'm thankful for Alabama also. Yeah, roll tide, roll tide. But uh, I am, I'm thankful, let me think. I'm thankful that my son likes to watch football. See, Thank now you, now you gotta make me feel bad for not I'm sorry. my kid. Uh, no, <laughs> but, Scott and Hunter both have young children. Yes. And Scott, bless his soul, has two Poor guy. young daughters. <laughs> They're both beautiful. I'm but. still waiting on that boy. I'll keep trying. <laughs> uh, that's a story for another time, but I'll get into mine real quick. I'm just simply thankful for Jalen Ramsey, Dante Fowler, and Miles Jack, and yeah. Unique Ngakwe for that matter. For the future of the Jaguars, those four players are might be the four best players we've had in one draft together yep. ever. Yeah. And we've got to be excited about that moving forward for the Jaguars. So again, you've been listening to the Generation Jaguar podcast. You can find Generation Jaguar online at genjag.com. We've got a full blog that covers all the Jaguars news and analysis. You can find our podcasts on there as well. We also have a fan group, like we mentioned. We tailgate for every home game. We go to Brick's Tap House for every away game. You can check us out at genjag.com. Also, at Generation Jaguar on Facebook and Twitter. At Generation Jag. I'm, excuse me. At Generation Jaguar on Facebook and Instagram. At Generation Jag on Twitter. Hunter on Twitter is Hunter underscore Evans underscore seven. Grant's at Bold City G underscore, and Scott is at Scott Klein one. I'm at Jordan DeLuke. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.